This program was founded on certain ideals. They have been drowned by the noise and distraction of fame. We got lost, caught up in the hype, the celebrity, the glory, and the relentless pressure to keep the streak alive. coaching his team favored to win the 12th consecutive championship, 150 wins. How'd you pull it off? But winning a lot of games is doable. Teaching kids there's more to life, that's hard. But come on, Bob, you turned this team into a winning machine. How long do you think you can keep the streak alive? The streak was never our goal. Yeah? Well, then why do you keep winning? This program's a lot of things. It's not just a football team or a win streak machine. It's a family, a brotherhood, which is based in love. Put simply, love means you can count on me, good times and in bad. The movie, When the Game Stands Tall, was inspired by the true story of Coach Bob Latissure and his De La Salle High School Spartans football team. Bob coached that team from obscurity to an impressive 151-game winning streak. When Bob, affectionately known as Coach Ladd, retired in 2013, his record stood at 399 career wins with only 25 losses and three ties. And that earned him the admiration of many pro football players and coaches. And while Coach Ladd is an extraordinary coach, what makes his story so remarkable is the way he coached his players. Bob is a guy with a deep and abiding faith in Jesus, and he formed his coaching philosophy around biblical principles. His goal wasn't so much to win games, but more so to use the sport of football to teach his athletes about life and faith. He taught his players about humility and expected them to refrain from showboating and grandstanding during games. He taught them about unity, and his players would enter the field holding hands in a display of oneness. He taught them about love and sacrifice, telling his athletes that love means you can count on me in the good times and the bad. 
Coach Lyon's coaching philosophy can be summed up by Paul's words to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Those verses are often read at weddings, but I'm guessing they're seldom used to describe football programs. Friend, don't make the mistake of limiting that kind of love to only the romantic or family relationships in your life. That kind of love is God's ideal for how God's followers should love everyone, especially other believers. Whenever we make it a priority to practice patience and kindness, humility and forgiveness, justice and resilience, we put God's love on display. And friend, isn't that the kind of love we would like to have others return to us? Well, there's more to Coach Ladd than just what he accomplished on the football field. In Luke 6.38, Luke says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Any idea what Luke is saying here, Arturo? You reap what you sow. You know, like whatever you do, good or bad, comes back to you. Anyone else really think you give to others and the blessing is returned in equal measure? Salinas. I've always worked hard to do the right thing, and I've been blessed. How's that? Getting to play on the street team. Dude, I hate to burst your bubble, but you ain't in line to be the starting quarterback on the street team because you've done the right thing. It's because you're 6'2 with a cannon for an arm. <laughs> so, Tayshawn, what do you believe? Well... Down where I sleep, the dealers in Richmond make mad money. My aunt was an ER nurse, worked her whole life helping people. Time came for her to get hers, they up and fired her. Six months before they got to pay her retirement. It's dog-eat-dog, yo, you just gotta take what you need. You don't care how good you've been, you're sitting around waiting for somebody to pay you back, you going hungry. So why does a guy like Luke, who's a doctor, painter, writer, historian, take the time to invent a lie? It ain't a lie. Your pops dies. Five will put your mom on trial for it when oops are bad. The shipyard poisoned him. But the damage is done. All that pressure gives her a stroke, and now she ain't got long. Easy. Everyone knows the story. So tell me, homie. You really been that bad to deserve all that's come your way? I speak to Cam. Cam. Rusty. Not a peep. Hey, Coach. Kim, look. Oh, man, that is tight. Watch Mama, right? 
see you, Mom? How is she? The nurse say, uh, it's just a matter of time. And that's it. It's the last of my Mohicans. You have Jamal? The boy don't know it yet, but he's going down to San Jose to stay with my cousin. I should be good to him, but ain't got no room for me. I got nobody left. Well, family isn't just blood relatives. It's anyone who loves you unconditionally. It's Coach Ladd. I promise to live the rest of my days by the lessons you taught me. Give, and it should be given to you. For whatever measure you use, it should be measured back to you in equal. Why is this happening to me, Coach? What did I do? I'm trying. I'm making my perfect effort. It don't matter. It ain't enough. What if Tayshawn's right? Maybe God don't see me or he don't care because I ain't worth his time. Don't make no sense, coach. I'm alone. There's nobody left. No, you're not. You've got your mom. Me and 60 brothers. Coach Ladd's love for his athletes led him to take a personal interest in their lives and well-being beyond the classroom and beyond the football field. One of his student athletes, Cam, had lost his father and was on the brink of losing his mother. And that's when Coach Ladd visited him at his home. Cam was feeling alone, but Coach reminded him that family is not just blood relatives. One of the metaphors used to describe the church throughout the New Testament is family. And as a family, we bear one another's burdens and we comfort one another, entering with compassion, mercy, and sympathy into the pain of those who are hurting. One of the most challenging situations this world confronts us with is when bad things come to good people. The death of a child, a terminal illness, a natural disaster, a kid like Cam losing his parents. And a common response when those things happen is for us to ask, why? The Old Testament book of Job chronicles Job's loss of family, possessions, and health, even though Job was a righteous man. And when Job confronted God as to why, we see that the Bible remains mysteriously silent on that question. But the Bible does inform us that God is in control, that God is good, and that despite the problems of the present, there is a fulfilling future ahead for those who continue to trust in God. Jesus said, I told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Friend, the Bible tells us that we will also overcome this world if our hope is in Jesus. So when life confronts you and challenging times are upon you, hang in there and lean into the wisdom God offers us in Romans chapter 12. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Well, Coach Ladd had to develop patience when he experienced a heart attack in 2003. 
Who's in there? Currently paying his respects to the coach, Maurice Jones Drew. No way. Coach, next year I get you some tickets to come see me, all right? I want 100 from you. I still can't believe it. Coach Lad's smoking. Miss Lad, good seeing you again. So good to see you. Well, uh, take care of the big guy. For me, <laughs> okay, I will. Thanks for coming, Miss. Hey, you. Hey, Dad. Don't look so tough now, huh? <laughs> Mr. Lattiser, 83% occlusion in your PLA descending artery. We call that the Widowmaker. You're a very lucky man. So, what happens next? Recuperation. Near term, I'll be happy if you're in good condition by April. That's spring practice. Not for you. You've got five stents and one shot to heal. Stepping onto a field before summer? Don't even think about it. Dad, you're going to coach me next season, right? Danny. Danny. Hey, Michael. Want to go harass some more doctors? Come on. Danny's just worried about you. This really scared him. It's a lie. What is? Me. I got caught up in work in the street and let it nearly kill me. I taught character, honesty, perfection. Commit to each other, your teachers, your friends, your family. Was I committed to you? I committed to my children. I've been a lousy husband and the worst dad. Danny's not angry because he isn't getting the chance to play for you. He's angry because he wants a chance to know you. What do I do now? Spend as much time with your family as you do the team. Coach Ladd had kept his smoking secret until it almost killed him. He felt like a phony who was living a lie because he did not practice what he was preaching to his athletes and his family. He'd been losing his focus on the things that mattered most, and it was time to reorder his priorities. Friend, we have an enemy who wants to lure us into chasing after the wrong things. And the enemy is so sly and he works so insidiously by steering us off course little by little, one degree at a time, until we're finally heading in a different direction altogether and we don't even realize it. If there are things you've allowed to get out of order in your life, if you've begun chasing after the lesser things, if there are things you've kept hidden that need brought into the light, now is the time for course correction. Don't wait for it to come crashing down. Do what it takes to get back on course and steer your life in the direction of God. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and God will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Coach Lad's heart attack forced him to step away from coaching for a little while, but it allowed him to reorient the affections of his heart. Bring it in. Everyone settle down. Coach Ladd is on his way in to say a few words. Bring it down. 
Alan Boss pulling the team together. Okay. Good. I talked to my doctors and they don't feel that I should come back to coaching yet. Rather than drawing this whole thing out, I'm just going to be truthful with you. I'm not sure when I'll be able to return. I expect you seniors to step up and lead this team. And I expect you guys to continue to give a perfect effort. Every game. Yesterday, missed an entire practice. I got a note from the nurse, little lad. How insensitive of us, Chris. Had a tummy ache. And you call me that again? I'll drop you. <laughs> That's funny. Nobody misses practice without clearing it with the captain. I ain't nobody. On JV, man, I play both ways. Caught 38 passes and five picks. How much practice do I need? It's not about I. It's about us. This team. Both of y'all can go and kiss my ass. Man, ain't no team. Truth is, it comes down to four or five of us bringing our game. You can say what you want, Chris. Danny, this team thing don't mean nothing right now. Thanks. Back on up. Team means everything right now. Look around. To be successful, you're going to have to scrap for everything. Want to be a scrappy team? You're going to have to respect each other. We'll get back to practice. Coach Lyon told his team that he was not going to be with them for a while. So the success of the team and the program was now in their hands. And it would require them to fight for unity and depend on one another. Well, as Jesus neared the end of his time on earth, he told his followers, I'm leaving and you can't come with me yet. So now it's up to you, he said. The mission is in your hands. And he gave them this command, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Church, the success of our mission, the great mission that God has entrusted to us to help everyone find and follow Jesus, that depends on us living united in love. But unity doesn't just happen. It requires effort. That's why Ephesians 4, 3 through 4 instructs us to make every effort to keep ourselves united in the spirit, binding ourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one spirit, just as we've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Unity requires humility and prayer and choosing to surrender our agendas to the kingdom mission, allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives. Unity does not require that we all agree on every detail, but it does require that we determine to be for one another and walk with one another in peace as we pursue God together. Well, the De La Salle Spartans continued to struggle to be united, and it ended up costing them.
do that here. You don't do that. Reporters, friends, family, strangers, they're all going to ask the same thing. What happened? This is a question that's going to follow you. How did you lose the streak? And every time, you're going to answer the truth. Bellevue played better than us, and we lost a high school football game. That's football. But it's not you. Don't let a game define who you are. Let the way you live your lives do that. Coach. I truly believe that life's most impressionable lessons are ones where something bad happens to you or something challenging confronts you. I know it can climb into your head and hear what that little voice is saying to you. Is it saying, oh no, we lost the streak? Well, what's it going to say? After today, you're going to find out a lot about yourselves. And you know something? We're all going to find out what this team is made of. charge of the entire nursing staff here. Today, we will be following her orders. Coach Ladd and I worked together at the Juvenile Detention Center in Richmond. It was a little longer ago than I'd rather admit. <laughs> you guys play a tough game. Anybody ever been injured? You've never been injured? It's part of the game. You don't think about it, you just bounce back. You're very brave. This is not that. Here, nobody bounces. We're going to break up into three groups. When you hear your name, you follow the nurse who called it to the appropriate unit. Let's go. All right, guys, this is Nurse Adams, who's in charge of Recovery Ward, and she will take over from here. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Welcome to the VA Recovery Ward. So here we specialize in transplants, amputations, and general rehabilitation for limb recovery. Our focus here is on full recovery, body and spirit. If this is too hard for anybody, don't come in. Why would it be? All of our patients are here for rehabilitation. Our job is to help them recover from traumatic injuries received during combat. It's a long and difficult process, but we're all dedicated to getting them back to fully functioning lives. Hey, Mary. I'll be right there. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you finish up? Get on, face me. 
What? You do speak English, right? Get on, face. Did I hurt you? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, man. I can't feel anything. <laughs> wow. I, man, I, you know, sometimes my legs hurt so bad I wish I didn't feel anything. No, you don't. No, I don't. Eventually, the streak ended. And when the streak was broken, so were the boys on that team. They'd been under so much pressure. They felt so much raw emotion. And their coaches offered them so much wisdom and gentleness. I agree with Coach Latasseur's statement that life's most impressionable lessons are ones when something bad happens to you or when something challenging confronts you. Tough days will come to us all. None of us are immune to pain in life. And while following Jesus comes with the promise of an eternity without pain, it does not provide an exemption from pain and problems on this side of the grave. Jesus acknowledged how the brokenness of this world affects everyone. For he, God, makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, Jesus said. And God sends rain on the just and the unjust. Following Jesus does not give us a pass on the problems or the pain this world brings, but it does provide us with perspective when the trials come our way. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote these Holy Spirit-inspired words to the early church. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's not always easy to approach our trials with joy. But if we can look past the trial for just a moment, we might just see how God is using our circumstances to shape our character and grow our faith. When the difficult times come, choose to lean into God and allow him to grow your faith muscles as you persevere. 
While assistant coach Terry Eidson's encouragement to the team was particularly poignant at the time of their heartbreaking streak-ending loss, the wisdom he offered them is wise for all of us in all seasons. Don't let yourself be defined by a game, he said. Let the way you live your lives do that. Friend, what do you allow to define you? Is it some version of success, like a winning streak for a sports team? Is it money, job, intelligence, abilities, accomplishments? All of those things are temporary, and none of them tell the complete story of who you are. Choose instead to be defined by the way you live your life. The Old Testament prophet Micah offers us some advice on how to do that. God has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, a life defined by justice and love and mercy and a humble walk with God sounds like a really successful life.